Hello and a warm welcome to the International Nightlight Podcast. Well, this is going to be part two of New Creation, Your Spiritual Advantages in Christ with Melvin Vallon-Paranville, who's back with us on the show. Melvin, you got some really good reactions to your last show, and I'm sure many of our listeners are eager to hear what else you have to teach on this very foundational topic. Thank you so much for having me back here. And as I said, this topic on the new creation is something that I'm really, really going after. And I'm studying more and more, and I really want uh, my mind to be renewed to this topic because um, I'm finding that the more my mind is renewed to where I'm learning who I am in Christ or getting the knowledge of Christ, it is um, helping me to be able to not just overcome issues and problems, but to be able to live in a dimension or in a level that I had not lived before. As I said in, in my last class that my prayer and my hope is that through this class, a lot of people's uh, mind will be renewed to this truth. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Now, I was talking in the last class, one of the foundation verses for beginning a new creation is in you know John 1.12, how when we received Christ, we became God's children. But the topic there was like the power to become the children of God is actually given to us by God. And so we are starting off a new birth, a new life with power that is given to us to become that child of God or a son of God. Right. And so the more I realize that and I confess that to myself, many times during the day, I just tell myself, now you're a new creation, you're a son of God. You don't think that way. <laughs> Now, when issues come up or fears come up or something, I know in my heart that I'm living in a level that should not be affected by all these things of this world. Yes. But still, because we are natural and we live in a natural world, the natural man is so programmed in us to respond to issues and problems in this life, sometimes in a negative way. That's right. Instead of seeing it as, you know, I'm a son of God and God has given me the power to overcome this. Now... The job of the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, the prophets, the Bible talks about it, the fivefold ministry, is to actually help the church or the congregation or the people that we are uh, teaching or witnessing to, to bring them to this knowledge of the new creation. And that is the job of fivefold ministry. But sad to say, sometimes, you know, pastors and teachers and people, they get so involved with trying to help the people to get out of sin or not to sin, you know, so they bring a lot of condemnation. And But here in Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to go to verse, uh, verse 11. It says he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Okay, so here Paul is very clear. He's talking about the fivefold ministry and the responsibility of teaching and helping the saints. Or it's called the perfecting of the saints. Now the Bible says when we are born again, we have been born again complete. I talked about it uh, in the last section of this class, how when a baby is born, the doctor checks and says, hey, this baby is perfect because he has all the you know, fingers and eyes and everything is, is there. And so we are born complete in Christ Jesus. Everyone, every single person 
who is born is complete and the Bible says we are made perfect. But here Paul is talking about for the perfecting of the saints. So the perfection that we have received uh, from Jesus Christ through his blood is in us, but it's not manifesting in our physical life. So for many years as a, you know, as a missionary, as a Christian, I knew I was born again and I knew my calling was to teach and bring the gospel to people, but I lacked the knowledge about the fact that I was actually made perfect. Right. And that's why, you know, I have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Because if in the Spirit I'm not made perfect, then the Father wouldn't live with me because He doesn't live in a place that is, you know, not made perfect. That's right. So we are all born complete. We are born with the mind of Christ. We are born with the gift of righteousness and we are perfect. But the perfection is not manifesting in a natural life because our mind is not renewed to the truth. And to be frank, many of the Christians' mind is not even acknowledging that. Now, if you read it in uh, Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, it says uh, the communication of your faith is made effectual by the acknowledging of every good gift that is in you through Jesus Christ. And so if we don't acknowledge, if we don't have the knowledge that we, we were made perfect, you understand, and we have the gift of righteousness, we have the mind of Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. See, if we don't have the knowledge and we don't acknowledge it, then our faith in that area stays, you know, not activated. That's right. But once you get that knowledge, then your faith starts getting activated. And see, that's what happened with my life. And I'm not saying I've, I have arrived. I'm still a work in progress. But I know now what I want, and I know the knowledge that Christ has given me. And so here, the the job of the church is to help people to know that knowledge. Because sometimes as teachers and pastors, we think we have to get involved with every aspect of a person's life, you know. <laughs> of course, we, we should be there to help people if they need counseling. And But if we don't teach them the truth that they're actually, you know, God's children, and through that sonship, uh, being a child of God, you're given so many things. All these blessings are given to us, but we don't recognize them and we don't acknowledge them. So here Paul is saying all of the fivefold ministry is to help the church or the people to come to the knowledge of the truth. Yes. Recently, uh, after I've been giving classes, a man, uh, he got saved, he got born again. In the beginning, he didn't want to give his life to Christ. He was, but he came for my classes, he was listening to this same message. And then he said, yes, I want to give my life to Christ. You know, he was not someone who just said, yes, I just want to receive Christ. But he thought about it, he learned the truth, and he said yes. And so he received Christ. Praise God. And so for him, he's starting from the beginning on this truth. So he's not like, you know, polluted with all this wrong doctrines or garbage that we have been taught sometimes. Right. And then to get rid of that is much harder. So the Bible says once you have a stronghold in your mind, then you have to fight hard. You have to have the weapons of, you know, of God, which is powerful to destroy that stronghold before we start building the new. But in his case, he's been going straight to this 
what am I in Christ? You know, his identity, his new creation. And so he doesn't have those kind of old strongholds that he's been taught. Right. And so in a way, it is easier when a person gets saved to be able to give them this truth. But after 10, 20, 30 years of listening to a gospel that is not based on God's grace, but it's based on, you know, whatever works or, you know, the rules and regulations and how you need to perform to get the blessings that God has. Once those things are established in your mind, they become very strong. And it's going to be very hard to get rid of that to be able to receive the new thing. And so Paul was talking about a gospel that is perverted. That means not based on, on grace, but it's based on you still performing to receive that. So here, Paul is very clear that the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So once they get this message, you know, they're going to be edified. And if you look at the next verse, verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So here Paul is talking again about don't be as children. Once you're born again, God expects us to go from level one to level two to level three. He, he expects us to grow. But most of the time, we were taught that growth means now you through your self-control and through self-discipline, you have overcome certain bad habits. And so now you're spending you know, more time going to the church, but the fact is you're growing in the knowledge of Christ. See, that's what the Bible is talking about to the fullness of, of Christ. In verse uh, 15, it says, but speaking the truth in love, you may grow up into him in all things, which is ahead, even Christ. So even though we have the mind of Christ, we have the gift of righteousness, everything that belongs to Christ. The Bible says even we have the faith of Jesus Christ. It's not talking about the faith in Jesus Christ, but it's talking about we have the faith of Jesus Christ. But we have to grow into that, you see? Yes. So once we understand the new creation and we know even though we are perfect in the spirit, our flesh needs to be changed, need to be transformed. And so now through this, we understand that we are growing into him in all things. So the idea is as you're growing, you are going to be talking more like Jesus. Of course, you might not look like Jesus, <laughs> but you know, the goodness, the righteousness, the, the mind of Christ, all of these things starts working in our life. And so we are going from, you know, from victory to victory, but not in our own strength. We are not trying to perfect ourselves. And that's what most Christians are trying to do. They're trying to finish a work that is already finished by Christ. So as newborn Christians, we are starting as, you know, from the finished point. Wow. We are equipped, we are given all of these things, and now God says, hey, go ahead and live like a son of God. And so the, the more we renew the mind to the knowledge of the new creation, the more we're going to be growing in leaps and in bounds. Yes. And we are going to come into him in all things. So the idea is that as the church is teaching and helping the Christians and the members to grow into Christ. Of course, we have to speak. That's what Paul is saying, speaking the truth in love. Of course, sometimes the truth hurts, 
but still we need to speak it in you know we have to speak it in love as we do that people are going to grow into him in all things not just in one thing but in all things praise god but sometimes we think that oh if i'm if i'm going to church and i worship and i pay tithe and i fast and i pray then i have done my part but you know the bible doesn't say that's how you grow yes you know your relationship with christ is also through prayer but the growth itself comes when we acknowledge every good gift that is in us through jesus christ and then we are being built into him jesus christ who is in us and the mind of christ that is in us starts manifesting so now we are growing more and more like that and after i've been studying this it has become much more easier for me to think and to meditate on the way jesus would think or how his mind would operate in my mind and so this knowledge is uh, Paul talks about it Peter talks about it is crucial for us to be able to grow into him in all things inspiring you to draw closer to god you're listening to nightlight Let's go to Colossians uh, chapter 3 verse 10. Colossians chapter 3 verse 10 says and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Here Paul is clear again that we have to put on this new man. We'll talk about that a little bit more. But he's talking about this new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. And so the knowledge is everything but sometimes that's not what we are trying to get what happens is we don't want to spend the time that it takes to renew our mind we don't take the time to you know study and to see hey what is this knowledge of christ that paul is talking about right now the message of paul or the you know the epistles of paul he he was called to the gentiles like peter and john and all of the other disciples you know most of the ministry and the teachings were for uh, what he called the uh, the Jews that were the people of God from the old testament but paul most of his teaching is for us because you know we were never Jews we were never under the law the law was not given to us per se but paul's teaching is what gives us the enlightenment that we need that's right in ephesians paul talks about it i think we talked about it in the last class how Paul was praying that the eyes of your understanding can be enlightened that you may know the riches and the inheritance which is in the saints through Jesus Christ. And so Paul was talking about hey if your mind is not enlightened if your eyes is not enlightened to that truth then you're going to continue to be walking as the as the old man. But here we need to put on the new man which is already created we'll get into that verse later. but it's after the knowledge of him that created us it's talking about that we are going to be you know perfecting into the image of Jesus Christ but this image Jesus Christ is already in us but as we spend more time getting our mind renewed to that knowledge of the new creation now this image of Christ will start manifesting in our physical life let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 again Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 says that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed 
in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which, after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Okay, so verse 22 says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. So see, that is something that we need to do. The Bible says we need to put off the old man because this old man or this conversation is talking about the lifestyle. And of course, you know, you can't have a lifestyle without having a mindset that actually, you know, the lifestyle actually originates from the mindset. So if our mindset is wrong, then our lifestyle will be wrong. So Paul is saying, you know, you need to put off that old mindset, that old lifestyle, that old conversation, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now the word lust, again, is not, you know, every time uh, born again Christians or Christians read the word lust, we automatically think it is has something to do with sex. Right. Of course, it's a strong, you know, desire in that area, but lust is also a strong desire for something that we want very much. So it can be anything. It can be for food, it can be for alcohol, it can be for pride of life. You know, we want to become the best in this world or lust for money. All of these are lusts. Yes. So we need to put off that old man. And how do we do that? We do that by, uh, next verse it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I'm not sure if in the last class I explained about the renewal of the spirit of the mind, but I'll do it one more time. Like in Romans 12.2, it talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But here Paul is talking about that when you put up the old man, the spirit of your mind has to be renewed in order for the new man to be put on. Now the spirit of the mind is different from just your carnal mind. Like the carnal mind, we operate most of the time by the carnal mind. And the physical life that we live is also starts becoming automatic. The spirit of our mind is renewed. Like for example, when a child is learning to drive a bicycle, right? And we say, hey, you need, this is the way you hold the handle, you have to hold the brake, you have to do all this pedaling, you need to keep your eyes uh, focused on the, on the road. So the child gets all of this information, but the spirit of the mind is not renewed yet. Because when he gets on the bicycle and, and we push him a little bit, he'll start falling down. Because the spirit of his mind or the subconscious mind has not yet learned how this information is going to affect you. So as you learn and learn and you start riding the bicycle, now your subconscious mind automatically picks up the balance. And so now after a month or two, you're riding with your hands, not even holding this, you know, the handlebar. You can be talking on the cell phone. Your mind just is renewed. Right. And so if something comes against you while you're riding the bicycle, you automatically hold the brake. You understand? Mm -hmm. Just like driving a car. So the same thing Paul is talking about is not just your carnal mind, which receives the information, but also the spirit of your mind that we can't, which is like the subconscious mind needs to be renewed. And once that is renewed to the knowledge of Christ, in the next verse it says, and now you put on the new man, which is created in righteousness and in true holiness. I mean, this is a big controversy in the Christian world today. Hmm. Most churches are confused with this doctrine because most churches think that once you're born again, you have the Spirit of God, you have Christ. Now, you need to start performing and doing good deeds so that you will put on the new man by your good works. 
But the Bible, the New Testament, in all over the place is talking about it is created after God in righteousness and in true holiness. That's right. And so now, once your mind, the spirit of your mind is renewed, you put on this new man which is already created. It's not something we create. It's something that is already created and given to us. Yes. But what happens with us is we wake up in the morning and instead of walking in the new man, we walk in the rags. Like the Bible says in Isaiah that all our righteousness are as filthy rags in front of God. And so when we are taught that now you need to start perfecting yourself by your good deeds, and as you stop doing this, stop doing that, then you're going to be perfect. But the fact is, every religion teaches people to follow that pattern. The Muslims teach the, their people the same, the Hindus teach them the same, the Christians teach them the same. But what's the difference between us and them is that when Jesus died and when we believe in him, we start receiving that new man which is already created in righteousness and true holiness. Yes. There is a true holiness and then there is a false holiness which we call it the self-righteousness. We are, we are trying to produce that holiness. But now many times when I have some pastor's conference, I teach this topic, they, of course they ask us like, oh, what's the point? Then if you already have a true holiness, why do you need to do some good works to produce it? No, we are not doing good works to produce the true holiness. When we acknowledge the true holiness, now we use the true holiness that is deposited into our spirit and with that true holiness and righteousness which is created, we start walking in them. Right. And so for me, it was such a relief when I learned the scripture because throughout my Christian life, I was trying so hard to put on this new man through my own works, through my own efforts and my, you know, my putting two and together. Or if I do this, then I'm walking in the newness of life. If I do that, then I'm walking in the newness of life. But walking in the newness of life is not... It's our responsibility to put on this new man. That's all we have to do. Wake up in the morning, go to the closet, you know, put on the new man that is already created in righteousness and true holiness. So the self-effort, this whole doctrine of that you have to produce this goodness versus using the goodness that God has given us through Jesus Christ. It's a gift of righteousness. We have it. And when we start using that in our life and we acknowledge it, and believe that our righteousness is as filthy rags, but his righteousness starts working through us. The idea is not to walk doing things that are not right. The idea is to use the righteousness that Christ has given us so that in our life it will start manifesting. Mm. Now, God gets the glory and not me. When I'm performing and I'm trying to produce this new man on my own, I start glorying myself, I start getting the glory. The flesh gets the glory for doing that. But when you use the righteousness of Christ, now God gets the glory. See, and that's why it was given to us as already created. So that as a child of God, through the knowledge of this message, through the scriptures, start living the true holiness and the true righteousness. But the power is from God. And so God gets the glory and not we ourselves. And so that is like the basics of why Jesus died. So that he can impart all of these things, so that as a child of God, we can walk in His righteousness, His grace, think with His mind, and be seated in heavenly places, all because it is done to us. And so most of the scriptures, when we study, we have to look at the past tense, present tense, or future tense. 
And in the New Testament, most promises of God are in the past tense. And that means it's already given to us. Now God expects us to use that knowledge and get our mind renewed so that we will have the transformation that Romans 12 is talking about. The light is always on with Nightlight. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Yes. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, so here Peter is talking about how we have obtained this precious faith. He's talking about receiving, about obtaining this faith. And most of the time when the Bible is talking about it, it's talking about righteousness. So we obtain this faith through the righteousness of God and our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. So every time the New Testament is talking about righteousness, it's talking about the righteousness that is given to us. And it's a righteousness of God and not us. If we believe that uh, we have received this free gift of righteousness, Peter is saying you have obtained this precious faith. Of course, the Bible talks about precious faith. It talks about faith. It also talks about the most holy faith. And of course, that's where, you know, speaking in tongues on a regular basis comes into effect is it talks about us obtaining this holy faith when we are speaking in tongues. Of course, speaking in tongues is not a requirement for salvation or for anything else, but it's for our own edification. And so here Peter is talking about this precious faith. Now look at verse 2. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Okay, so grace and peace, even though we have it, it's given to us, it's multiplied through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this knowledge, what I've been talking about, the knowledge of the new creation, the knowledge of what God has given us when we received Christ. So even though we have some grace and some peace in our life being manifested, if that grace and peace needs to be multiplied, it has to come through the knowledge of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Yes. Because the idea is that, that most people have is that on the cross, Jesus forgave all our sins. And so now we are going to heaven and we are born again. And most people, they stop right there. They don't try to get this knowledge that Paul is talking about and Peter is talking about on grace and peace being multiplied through this knowledge. Right. You know, people are willing to, you know, go for overnight prayers, go to church three times a week, but they're not willing to invest their time on their own to study the scriptures that teaches them what they're given through Jesus Christ. That's right. See, that's the knowledge of Jesus Christ that Peter and Paul are talking about. See, otherwise, we have a little bit of grace. And people, mostly born-again Christians, uh, I'm not saying I live in perfect peace, but once I've received this knowledge and my mind is getting renewed to it, I see that the peace of God that passeth all understanding is keeping my mind and my heart through Jesus Christ. So people, you know, they live a little bit of peace, and then when fear, worry comes, they start losing that peace. That's because they're going by their own performance. And if they think, if I do this, then God is going to give me some peace. If I pray like this for two hours, then God will give me the peace. No, it is going to come to you by the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 3. 
according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. It says, according as his divine power, not our works, not our power, according to his divine power, hath given is in past tense. Right? It's not that he will give to us if we do this and this, but hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. See, that covers everything. All things that we need in this life pertaining to our life and godliness. It's talking about spirituality and you know our walk with the Lord. Everything is already given to us. How? Through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Again, the Bible is taking us back to the fact you need to get that knowledge for all things pertaining to life and godliness which is given to us for it to manifest into a natural life. We have to have that knowledge. And so if the fivefold ministry is not teaching the church or teaching their members this knowledge that God through his divine power has given unto us all things. Paul talks about that in Ephesians chapter 1. He talks about ye are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. But unless we learn how to receive it through our faith, it's going to stay there. And we're going to be running around as natural Christians trying to produce blessings through our natural efforts. But here, Peter is, you know, I don't think there's any uh, misunderstanding here. You can read it in Greek, in English, in uh, your local language. It will tell you the same thing. All things are given to us through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, grace and peace is multiplied to us. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay, so in order for us to be able to be partakers of the divine nature, God gave us the scriptures, gave us his promises. And so this is what Peter and Paul has been talking about. The knowledge is the word of God. And so when we read those promises, because sometimes people spend so many hours studying the Old Testament and studying about what Joshua did at this war and what Samson did here and what Moses did here. Yes, it's good and it's good knowledge. But as a newborn Christian and as a born again Christian, we need the knowledge to be able to put on the new man. And that comes through studying scriptures that is based on the finished work of Christ. That's right. And that's why you don't see Paul or Peter or Jesus teaching a lot of the Old Testament. Yes, they referred to certain scriptures in the Old Testament in order to prove a point in the New Testament. And so that is good. It's good to pick something from the Old Testament that you can compare it with the New Testament. But if you don't have the New Testament knowledge on the finished work of Christ and the new creation, your new identity in Christ, if you don't know that, then all the Old Testament knowledge that you have is just history. That's right. It is not going to produce the grace and peace that you so desperately need in our lives. And so here it says, according to his divine power has given unto us all things pertaining to life and godliness, but it comes through the knowledge. And then Peter explains that, whereby unto us are given exceeding great and precious promises, by these we might be partakers of his divine nature. 
See, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, he's talking about the old man. The Bible talks about we need to put that old man off, which is after the deceitful lust. And here Peter's uh, sharing the same thing. And so once this knowledge comes into us and we renew our mind and the spirit of our mind is renewed in that knowledge, then this new man that is created in righteousness and true holiness, we become partakers of that nature. And so that nature that we had from Adam through Jesus Christ, even though it is gone, but the residue that is still in our mind that is not renewed is still there. The knowledge of the old man, the habits of the old man is still there. And so as we renew our mind, that part of the stronghold, the mindset in our mind starts going less and less. And now the new stronghold about the new man starts manifesting. Now once that happens, then we, we start putting on the new man. It's a it's a step-by-step -step process. Right. It's not that the new man manifests just in a day. But every day as we study God's word on this topic and we start receiving and believing those precious promises that God has given us, now everything pertaining to life and godliness will start manifesting and then being created in that image, in the physical. Even though in the spirit we are created like Jesus Christ with true holiness, true righteousness, the mind of Christ, everything is there, but it's not manifesting in the physical life. But the faith in these promises is what draws that nature of God that is already in our spirit into a carnal life or into the flesh, where our flesh now starts operating according to the new program and not according to the old program. But as long as we go by the old programming, that is the mindsets that we have according to the course of this world, then the new man we are not putting on. So that's all what God wants us to do. He wants us to study the word, get the knowledge. Through that, we can put on the new man. God is not going to do that for us. He is not going to renew your mind just like that. He expects us to do that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's we, we have to be renewing your mind through God's word. That's the link between what Jesus did for us and supplied everything we need. And we are given the Holy Spirit to help us to receive everything that Jesus has done for us. But it comes through us putting some effort through God's word which is given to us. So now we have the faith that we have these things that's freely given to us. So the spirit makes it easy for us to receive from the spirit world or in our spirit into our physical world. Yes. So simple, but we make uh, the Christian life so complicated and we heap on us teachers who want to give us all kinds of rule after rule. And if you don't do this, if you don't tithe, you're going to lose everything. All of those things comes into effect because we are trying to earn that righteousness instead of helping it to manifest in our life. That's right. I'm so excited. Every time I teach this, I get renewed so much and so much because just meditating on these scriptures as you go through the day, is the way to be able to uh, get this knowledge and to get our mind renewed. So every time I teach this class, you know, I'm going through the same scriptures. So my mind is getting more and more renewed to this truth. And the more I teach it, the more I study it, I can see that grace and peace is being multiplied onto me through this knowledge. I feel all right when I'm listening to Nightlight.
You're tuned in to Nightlight. So we are in 1 Corinthians 2.12. It says, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Here, Paul is introducing the work of the Holy Spirit into this new creation. Paul is talking about now we have not received the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is of God. Now, there is a spirit of this world, and of course, that's a natural spirit. Now, the world is constantly, from the morning we wake up to we go to bed, the world is trying to program us to think and live in the natural. See, that's the God of this world. And so, our friends, when we talk to them, they're talking to us from a natural level. When we want to do business, it's talking about a natural level. Of course, when you do business with people that are natural, you have to be natural. But here Paul is saying, that's not the spirit that God has given us. The spirit that God has given us, what does it do? That spirit is teaching us what we need to know that are freely given to us of God. See, this word freely in the New Testament appears so many times. And so the Spirit is teaching and helping us to understand what Christ has already provided us. So once we get the knowledge through the Word of God, that Jesus said, the Word that I speak unto you, the Spirit and their life. One of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit is to help us to become the new creation. Not just in, in our mind, but to be able to manifest that in our daily lives. And so without the Holy Spirit, this knowledge that we have is not going to completely be manifesting in our life. And so if you look at verse 4, sorry, verse uh, 14, not 4. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Okay, so here Paul in verse 14, he's talking about what verse 12 is talking about. The Spirit of God is given to us so that we may know all things that are freely given unto us, right? But a natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit. So as we are natural, when we go by a natural reasoning, even though we are born again, even though we love God and we are thinking from the natural point of view, we will not receive those things that verse 12 is talking about. It's talking about all things that are freely given to us. So when, you know, sometimes when I teach this class, some people say, oh, that is too good to be true. There has to be something we have to do. Yes, we have to renew our mind. We have to put on the new man, which is already created by God in true holiness and in righteousness. And so as long as we walk as natural Christians, that means we are walking by sight and not by faith. These things are not going to manifest in our life. I mean, we can spend hours and hours and hours of prayer and fasting, all of those but the Bible is clear that these things in the New Testament are given to us by the knowledge of Jesus Christ and of God. That's right. Those precious promises are the ones that help us to be partakers of the divine nature. So here the natural man is going to still walk as a natural man. A natural Christian is going to still walk as a natural Christian bound in bondage to works and to performance and hoping and begging that God would give us something but God says, I've already given you. Go renew, get your mind renewed to this knowledge. And as a supernatural Christian, when you start thinking by faith, now you start receiving all these things that the Spirit is letting us know through His Word that is yours. It's already given to you. Otherwise, it's foolishness onto Him. 
neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's basically what it says. The just shall live by faith. Just shall live by faith. Now what is faith? Faith is a belief in God's promises which we don't see. Right. But because we are justified the blood, uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ, our lives, we are going to live with God, what God has already given us. That's the life that God is expecting us to live. That's right. But sometimes people take that word life or live and say, hey, I need to live and not sin, not do any of these things. Yes, we do that by the righteousness of Christ, but faith in God's word is which is the key to draw all these things that the Spirit is teaching us, it's already deposited into our account through Jesus Christ when we believed in Him. To make it very simple, we have a job to do, and that is to go back and study these scriptures, memorize them, and go over it again and again and again, and to meditate on it till the spirit of our mind is renewed. Like in Ephesians chapter 4, we just read that. Once that happens, then you automatically start thinking along those lines and not along the natural man's thinking. So that carnal mind, that mind that we have, needs to be renewed. Those strongholds, those strong mindsets that we have, that we got from religion or from this world or from strong teachings, needs to go. So that this new creation, this new knowledge, will start manifesting the very nature of God in our life. You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. I love to be able to teach this no matter where it is or how it is. And I hope people out there will be able to receive this knowledge and have the understanding, the eyes of the understanding being opened so that they can know all that Christ has given us. And I think that knowledge is the most precious knowledge that you can ever, ever receive. And this is what Jesus died for. Amen. He paid for it with his life, with his body. Uh, he went through all the ridicule, you know, mm. all of the things that the world put him through was for the sake that we, as his children, can live in the manifestation of the righteousness of God, the mm. manifestation of his blessing, Yes. the manifestation of everything that he has given us. Mm -hmm. And if we miss that, then we have missed a very, very great thing that Jesus wants us to have. Amen. Of course, we are saved. We are born again. We are God's children. We are not going to hell. We are going to heaven. But isn't it wonderful to enjoy everything Christ gave us while living on this earth and then enjoy it hmm. to the full when we go to heaven. Okay, yeah. so God bless you and hope that this uh, word of God has renewed your mind and that you will take the time to renew the spirit of your mind. So God bless you. And God bless you too, Melvin. And you can look forward to lots more of Melvin's teaching on upcoming Nightlight podcasts. I'll sign off here and look forward to being back with you very soon. Until then, God bless and keep you. Bye for now.